Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Inner Sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way, with new eyes. So stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with Inner Sight. This is a thought uh, from Alice Bailey. And Alice Bailey is, uh, has written uh, 24 volumes of uh, literature, and all of the uh, uh, all of the dialogue that you'll hear on this show emanates from the works of Alice Bailey, who is the founder of Lucis Trust, and uh, Intersight is uh, sponsored by the Lucis Trust organization. The law of spiritual retribution requires that justice be meted out, but hatred will close the eyes of justice. That's uh, that's a lot of depth to that thought. Um, I would like to think that uh, I don't have to be proactive if someone violates me, that uh, spirituality will uh, seek retribution for me, or perhaps karma. But maybe first uh, you should explain what is meant by the law of spiritual retribution, Dale and Sarah, and and how it's applied in in a just way. The uh, law of spiritual retribution is um, also known as the law of karma that people might be um, familiar with. Karma is known as uh, the law of cause and effect. It's the um, recognition that what goes around comes around, uh, that you must do unto others as you would have them do unto you, uh, Mm -hmm. that you have to give out that which you wish to receive in return. All of these are ways of saying that... uh, Whatever you put into the world comes back to you. And uh, this statement from Alice Bailey that says that the law of spiritual retribution requires that justice be rendered, but that hatred will close the eyes of justice, touches upon the um, situation that we see in the world today, in the Middle East in particular, with the terrible conflict and the eye-for-an-eye, tooth-for-a-tooth kind of... uh, retaliatory action um, that is going on and it's hard to envision when it will stop. If you if you act out of hatred, you're always trying to settle a score, always trying to pay somebody back, always trying to get even, 
which is an interesting uh, concept itself, to get even. Well, maybe we can talk about that a bit later. But um, this kind of hatred can skew the uh, the rendering of, of real justice. Yes, there's a, um, there's a uh, statement in uh, the book of Job I came across the other day that uh, seems to be pertinent to this question also. And it says, They that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same, which is uh, also mm-hmm. the same as you reap mm-hmm. what you sow. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's sort of what we see going on in the Middle East. And perhaps they haven't. <laughs> they have still a ways to go to to uh, uh, work that out. But um, the, th- the thing about, uh, you mentioned about balance, um, we have to think about uh, this spirit, uh, the uh, law of retribution in terms of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think of it in terms of energy, there is a, um, a law of physics, if you m- remember back in your high school physics class that said... Um, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So <clears throat> the laws of physics also recognize this same action and reaction. And uh, um, everything that's happening has to do with with uh, energy and forces uh, applying against each other. And they all work according to some spiritual law that underlies all the movement of energies. I think one of the... Um points behind this idea that it's energy that's really uh, being um, expressed and directed is that uh, as long as you've got an equal and opposing reaction in terms of retaliation, you've got uh, one energy setting off another, and there's no uh, equilibrium that can be established, whereas maybe... uh, the attainment of equilibrium depends on finding a third point uh, that literally provides a release out of the impasse. That That's the only way one gets off this back and forth mm-hmm. um, reaction, action and reaction, uh, action. <laughs> and is, is there needs to be that third force, that in-between. It's, it's the, at the middle path of the Buddha, the, mm-hmm. the middle way, mm-hmm. and the third force, uh, the th- third uh, force that enables a, the two opposing forces to lift themselves up to uh, come to some agreement at the middle. Some to find some kind of convergence, some kind of common mm-hmm. ground in looking mm-hmm. towards some future goal, perhaps, and I was reading an interesting book by um, the writer Robert Kaplan, who works, uh, who writes for the Atlantic Monthly. And he wrote a book, um, which uh, the title, as usual, I forget and remember the second half of it, which was from someplace to ter- uh, tertiary, which was a, a journey through the Near East. And he said that he talked to one uh, enlightened thinker there who said that he thought the concept of enlightened self-interest would be what would bring an end to the impasse, to the constant retaliation, evoking the people's sense of enlightened self-interest, which would be Mm self-preservation, which you could only have if you stop retaliating Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to get out of the endless conflict and I, it struck me that probably that appeal would register if there were someone or some wise group who could show this third point that would lead or serve enlightened self-interest uh, to everyone involved. That's why 
to resolve that conflict has to come from outside, perhaps, because uh, mm-hmm. they're not perhaps ready to uh, uh, you know, to uh, recognize this third force. That's what's um, uh, envisioned for the world court, which we're reading about more and more. Uh, the world court in The Hague, which is currently dealing with the trial of Milosevic, of the former uh, Yugoslavia, Serbia, uh, that some matters of really crucial world importance have to be turned over to a more dispassionate world body, like the world court, that takes the, the problem out of the local area, the nation that's involved in the conflict, and turns it over to um, a trusted but more dispassionate and hopefully discriminating um, source of uh, judgment and justice. And uh, I don't know if the world's ready for this um, idea of a world court. The United States, for one, has been reluctant to sign on to it. But uh, to me, it seems like um, a step forward to bring about a more international consensus on how to deal with real wrongdoing. There was a conflict between Ecuador and Peru a few years ago over a boundary, and they agreed both sides to turn it over to the world court. And the world court rendered a verdict that they could all accept. Well, that certainly sounds enlightened. Yeah, <laughs> rare and enlightened. <laughs> and there's another instance like that in um, Central America between Nicaragua and I don't know Honduras, where they're fighting over boundaries. And I think it's going before the world court. Why shouldn't some of these matters be entrusted to a more um, removed and elevated uh, place where verdict? can be rendered mm-hmm. well certainly the belief in karma is probably uh, first what has to happen is the belief I guess if, if mankind mm-hmm. can believe in karma and just say well I've been violated but I'm going to allow the spirit of the universe to uh, enact uh, and implement karma I think the belief in it is, is so important but unfortunately people aren't ready to believe yet a lot of people what is the difference between justice and retribution Well, justice um, is a conviction that there is a divine law at work. Retribution says, uh, as you just mentioned, I've been wronged and I want somehow someone to get uh, even. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, when you find yourself saying or focusing on how you've been wronged, maybe you're not looking at your own part in the problem. Maybe you're not uh, aware of... um, other times when you might have been the wrongdoer, it can be a little bit um, blind uh, to the reality of the situation to focus only on what's been done to you. I think all human beings are part of a probably an endless uh, series of wrongs done and received. And this is where the concept of forgiveness comes in. We all need forgiving. We all need to forgive. We all need to be forgiven. In my opinion, mm-hmm. this is just my opinion, if, and if anyone is uh, saying to himself, I've never wronged anyone in my whole life, I'd like to meet that person, <laughs> because I've never met such a saint. You know, when you when you um, really get ensconced in your own um, indignation at how rotten the world treats you, then you, you aren't seeing the full picture. No, not seeing the full picture, and that's, uh, that's also... Um, true when it comes to uh, 
the the more spiritual observation or the, the spiritual side of retribution mm-hmm. uh we tend to think of it in in physical terms uh you do a wrong to me and i in turn do a wrong to you but this doesn't take into account uh the retribution and justice that uh it takes place at the soul level at the level of the soul because the soul has its own way of dealing with these energies and forces that have been um, rendered out of balance and uh, it may it has its own cycle of doing these it may uh, correct a mistake in the next lifetime mm-hmm. and uh not <coughs> it, so not instantaneously as no, we would prefer retribution <laughs> is not always swift as we sometimes say but um it's we have to take this into account more and more i think that uh, justice will be meted out but it may be the justice of god in god's own way or mm-hmm. the soul's own way because the soul has its own pattern of dealing with this sort of um, this sort of thing and i think it is a matter of belief as you robert say you believe that the soul uh, puts right all wrongs or you don't I happen to believe that, but it, it's true, as you say, that there's a time cycle that may not suit our own self-interest so much. But there, I came across an interesting um, realization about this concept of retribution. Uh, what you're talking about, the soul and justice, is uh, found in that, that very well-known statement, though the mills of God grind slowly, yet they grind exceeding small. Uh, and uh, I did get that right, everyone. I know you want to say exceedingly fine, but the translation by Longfellow of um, a German writer named Friedrich von Logau was, though the mills of God grind slowly, yet they grind exceeding small. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is that statement comes from a poem called Retribution. And it's the um, very poetic, beautiful way of expressing that the soul has its own time, but it doesn't overlook anything. And I find that very comforting, and I also find it a warning to be on your toes and to not think that you've escaped uh, uh, anything at all. The score is settled. And I think that's very well known in all religions because um, there are many ways of saying this. Meeting St. Peter... Uh, judgment Day, uh, being weighed in the balances, these are all concepts from various different cultures that we are held accountable. So this shouldn't be news to anyone. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, and our uh, topic for today is justice and retribution. And we're giving away a uh, general package of information today. Uh, so many people call, ask us uh, who we are, what we're all about, what we believe in. Uh, probably the most commonly asked question is, uh, is is Luce's trust, is it a religion? And the answer to that is emphatically, no, we're not a religion. Uh, but we do consider ourselves a spiritual philosophy organization. We explore uh, a spiritual philosophy and uh, we have people from all walks of life who take an interest in uh, Lucis Trust and um, and also who listen to our show, Inner Sight, and read our literature. And uh, this time of the year, by the way, we have a very interesting uh, series of conferences. Uh, at this time of the year, we hold our most important public meetings, the three spiritual festivals and the annual Arcane School Conference, all of which are coming up in 
March and April, and you would be welcome to attend and meet other people who share an interest in this work and teaching. Uh, and I think what you'd be interested in, if you do uh, meet with us and share our conferences with us and, and um, interact with us, is you'll see people from all walks of life and so many different backgrounds. And, and if you're interested, please write or call for a meeting schedule and a conference program. And um, if you'd like to call us, you can call us on our toll-free number. It's one eight six six. Six nine five eight two four seven. Once again, that's one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. And uh, order that uh, general package of information. It's quite comprehen- comprehensive. There's so much literature in it, telling you uh, who we are, what we're about. I think you'll find it interesting reading as well. And an easy way of remembering the number uh, is one eight six six N Y Lucis. Think of New York Lucis. One eight six six N Y Lucis um, and all the work of, by the way, all the work of Lucis Trust, including this radio program, is funded by the voluntary donations of people like yourselves, who support the goals of the Lucis Trust. Um, we're not endowed, nor do we have a wealthy benefactor who helps to pay for this program. We depend on the donations, large and small, of individuals. So please give if you want these programs to continue on the air. And if you have a pen, I'd be happy to give you the address that you uh, write to, or if you'd like to send a donation to us. Uh, donations can be sent to Lucis, L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 1005. That's uh, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 1005. And we would, uh, Sarah mentioned before uh, uh, the idea of forgiveness, and it just ran through my mind, uh, Sarah, that a lot of times I, I think I forgive, but I think to truly mm-hmm. forgive is to forgive. let go of the experience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll say I, mm-hmm. I forgive that person, but I don't really feel that I have unless I really let go of the experience. But Well, wha- just keep in mind that there are others probably feeling the same way about you. That's, that's true, yeah, <laughs> but I, I think uh, that's probably the criteria for uh, true forgiveness is to let go of that experience, yeah. whatever it is that we're harboring. Why do you think there is such a rise in, in hatred in the world today? And does it mean that we might be headed, uh, God forbid, towards another world war? I, I don't know, but um, it is true, or it seems to be apparent that hatred is on the rise. Um, one factor that um, might, it, well, it's purely speculative, um, but this uh, is an age that is passing out. Uh, we hear references to the new age and the old age. The present time is a, uh, an era between an old and a new age, and the the energy that has conditioned and qualified the past age of the 2,000 years of Pisces was an age of idealism and of um, abstract um, devotion to ideals, to spiritual values. But the downside of that aspiration is that it fosters fanaticism. And uh, the writings of Alice Bailey touch on the increasing fanaticism as this idealistic tendency, I guess you could say, crystallizes and becomes cruder and cruder uh, as the energy withdraws itself, because that's what happens as an energy cycle phases out. The energy becomes cruder and coarser. And we do see incredible fanaticism in the world. The person with the courage of his convictions can be quite scary. 
Yes, it's uh, <clears throat> it's. Um, I was just thinking it has to do also with the and this during this crystallized period. Um, here again, we're working with energy, and um, it's it's the the hatred that's rising up in the world and has been for some time now in the past few decades is it's it's like. Um, the last-ditch effort mm-hmm. of these uh, fanatical elements in our world, in our society, our human society, to uh, have their say, to have what they want to be said, to be made known to the world. But, on the other hand, it gets back to what I said earlier about uh, the energies and forces and equal and opposite reaction to each other. There is also, <coughs> counteracting this um, hatred in the world, a growing and stronger um, voice of goodwill and love. Mm -hmm. And that's the encouraging sign, and I think that's why uh, we won't disintegrate into another world war, because the strength of love and goodwill in the world today is so much stronger that it can counteract the hatred that is out there. And a good example of that is uh, just <clears throat> happened just a few months ago at the the attack on the World Trade Center. That was a, a tremendously evil act, which was immediately on the same day. It was uh, counteracted by a great outpouring of love and goodwill. And I think that's a prime demonstration of these energies and forces at work here. So. Yes. Um the the forces of evil, uh, if they have an effect on human beings, I think they foster the tendency to want to separate and stand apart. And you can see that at work in the world today. The the um, tendency of certain people, certain individuals, to want to separate themselves, to maintain their separation, their their apartness, that can seem quite um, understandable in the case of minority groups in larger societies, but it's also something that I think we should be on the alert for, because when we are separating ourselves from the larger humanity, we become uh, a part of an opposition, just as you've talked about, that sets up a cycle of action and reaction. We're opposing something else. If we identify with a small group of people, we are seeing ourselves as separate from and opposed to the larger whole. And that creates a situation where there can be retaliation and retribution. At the same time, we have this phenomenal expression of globalization underway in the world. And although globalization has its flaws and its problems, people of goodwill, I think, understand the inevitable inevitability of it and the basic rightness of it drawing peoples together yes certainly and it, it's um, um, it is with the communications explosion we have and the internet and all of that it, it's creating this kind of global uh, sense that we all uh, are gaining and um, it, it's it's really the direction I think we have to be going even though a lot of people may be opposed to it but um it has it has its good part and um there was something else i just wanted to mention also about the uh, the hatred and goodwill these are tend to be 
come to the fore because of the focus of consciousness, where one's consciousness is focused, that's where one's energies will be placed. And uh, if one is operating from more from an emotional level, from his solar plexus, let's say, then he may react to him more violently than one who has a more heart approach. And I think that sort of makes the difference, too, of, uh, uh, you know, in this action and reaction. I always read my horoscope, and <laughs> I was wondering, why is justice in, uh, depicted, by the way, I'm under the sign of Libra, but why is justice depicted <laughs> depicted by the scales evenly balanced? <laughs> you know, I've wondered about that for the longest time. Wouldn't you think justice would come down on the side of one or the other? I'm still of the old age where I, I favor one side and uh, not the other. Um, but justice does, in fact, seek an equilibrium. And I was thinking and thinking about this, and I came up with the idea that maybe the third point, which we mentioned earlier, is what justice seeks. Um, this, I think, was touched upon by the Buddha when he talked about the noble middle way, which is the um, the way between the pairs of opposites. The Buddha did not advise that we take one side or the other, but tra- track or chart the razor-edged path through the pairs of opposites and beyond them. And this is where we find justice, knowing all the while that the law of karma does inevitably fulfill itself eventually. Uh, I think you can aspire to justice and the realization that karma will correct all wrongs. They don't preclude each other. No, and in that symbol, the, um, uh, the, the scales... Uh, it wouldn't be a scale if it wasn't uh, balanced on that third point. That's mm-hmm. fulcrum, fulcrum, okay. and um, that is what creates the third point. And it, otherwise, it would be just sitting there, uh, and uh, there would be a duality, mm-hmm. but there wouldn't be a third point. Right. A duality of opposing forces, or you know, on a court case, you have defense and prosecution and all that, and so it's. Um, <clears throat> the judge and the jury that provide the uh, point at the center. And I suppose these um, pairs of opposites become increasingly subtle as the human being treads the spiritual path. It starts out with very obvious uh, oppositions, but they become more and more subtle on the path. I think that pertains to an individual and to a society. I think... uh, Nations and whole peoples are finding that they uh, have to make more and more subtle judgments. Here we are still the most litigious society on earth. We haven't really figured out that uh, going to court doesn't always settle in a really just way. Uh, So we have a lot to learn, I think. Mm -hmm. I look upon uh, Buddha and Christ and some of our other great spiritual leaders as being people who genuinely believed in karma. You never see them being Mm -hmm. proactive with revenge. No. Always a feeling that the universe and karma, spiritual law, will take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's really the way to peace. And uh, and remember, we're giving away a general package of information. There's a lot of interesting literature in that general package of information, and all you have to do uh, to order it is just give us a call on our toll-free number, and that toll-free number is one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. An easy way to remember it: one eight six six. N.Y. Lucis. Think of New York Lucis. And um, that's 
about all the time we have for our discussion today, and you've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Got to get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.